and welcome to the Pack Heavy podcast. Now this podcast is for anyone who works in the hospitality and food manufacturing industries who use flexible packaging to get their products to market. Featuring interviews with guests who have traveled the path that you're on so that you can learn from their successes and failures and engage in the mindset required to go all in on your vision. I call this mindset the Pack Heavy mentality and it's primarily driven by deliberate action and extreme organization. You gather market intelligence, put a strong plan in place, organize the appropriate resources, and then confidently test your hypothesis against reality. So if you're ready to pack heavy on your vision, you're in the right place, and I'm excited to have you here. Good morning, and welcome to episode 70, where today I have guest Andrew Zook, who is the founder and CEO of Plantworthy Food, along for a good chat. Now, founded in 2018 and located in London, Ontario, Plantworthy Food produces cashew-based products made from organic ingredients that are both gluten-free and dairy-free with no added preservatives, fillers, or oils. With four shelf-stable cheese sauce skews available both online and close to 50 retail locations from coast to coast, Plantworthy Food is making plant-based food both a convenient and easy endeavor for their growing tribe of consumers. Now, on today's episode, Andrew generously tells the Plantworthy story, going into great detail on the major mechanics involved when getting his startup CBG business off the ground and into the world. We discuss their Kickstarter campaign, initial production challenges, and partnering with a co-manufacturer, among many things. So if you're in the process of developing your side hustle CBG brand, this episode is definitely for you. Now, to receive 20% off all orders of Plantworthy Cheese Sources, make sure you head on down into the show notes, click on the website link, uh, head on into the shop, and use the promo code HEAVY20 at the checkout. So that's H-E-A-V-Y 20. I think it's all capitalized as well. Now, before we start today's conversation with Andrew, and I take a minute to chat about our show sponsor, Food Pack, I just want to let you all know that I will actually be at the CHFA Now Trade Show here in Vancouver on Saturday the 23rd to record a live podcast in the CHFA podcast booth. So I'll actually be having a chat with Richard Pollock, who appeared here on episode 55. Richard's the president and CEO of Polling Labs, which is the company that creates NSC. Uh, we'll be discussing the continued and accelerated growth of the natural and organic food-based CBG market and what that means for your CBG and business. So with Richard's perspective, which has been built from over two decades, embedded heavily in the CBG industry, I couldn't think of a better person to have this conversation with. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. So if you're around on Saturday the 23rd at 11am, please make sure you stop by and say g'day. Now, Foodpack is a Vancouver-based company headquartered in Richmond, BC, and having been in business for well over 50 years, it's fair to say that we've got the experience, knowledge, and capability required to ensure that you end up with the right flexible package for your business. We specialize in three specific areas. The first one being stock bags, which you could think of as a turnkey solution, custom printed bags, which is my favorite part of the business and what I do best, and our equipment offering like Cipramac vacuum chamber machines, Plexpack band sealers, and repack tray sealers and thermoformers. We also have an outstanding in-house service and tech team available to maintain and work on all of your equipment to keep you operational 24-7. So if you're looking to get into the retail market for the first time and looking for some packaging or you would like me to assess your existing packaging and equipment program, head on down into the show notes, click on the Foodpack website link and check it all out. From there, feel free to get in touch with me by directly emailing me at hayden at foodpack.ca or by calling me on my work cell, which is 604 360-6790. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How are you? Yeah, very good, mate. Now, where are you based? You're out in Ontario at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, London, Ontario. So uh, about two hours south of Toronto, if you don't know where that is. I do. I do. Yeah, yeah. my wife is from up in the Coauthors. Oh, so yeah. you're in the nice part. Uh, mate, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's oh, yeah, up there. That's where, we, that's where we vacation when we're around here. Do you? Yeah, where do you go? Yeah, more Muskoka area. Yeah, okay. Uh, like yeah. the Huntsville and stuff, but just yeah. that beautiful, all the little lakes, cottages. Uh, yeah, it's just gorgeous. Awesome, mate. So you're born and raised down that way as well, like where you're based still? Yep. Yeah, born uh, in London. I've uh, yep. been here ever since, except for school. I went to Guelph. So that's about, you know, halfway between London and Toronto. I yep. went to University of Guelph. Okay. Oh, very good. I actually just interviewed Margaret Coons um, on the show last week. Uh, do you know yep. Margaret? I haven't met her yet, but she's definitely uh, one of those stories that, um, you know, plant-based cheese. Yeah, it's huge. It's right down your alley. Yeah, I know. I thought that it'd be interesting because, uh, yeah, obviously having a chat with Margaret from Nuts and Cheese, like she was such an an amazing industry and, you know, she's taking some great strides out there and, you know, growing down into the States. And I thought, okay, this is a really good time to have a conversation with you, you know, for somebody who's just starting out in the industry as well. Yeah, for sure. So we're we're definitely five six years behind her. Uh, yeah, but she's um, 
yeah, she's done an amazing job and definitely uh, one of those great stories to come out of London. Yeah. Oh, very good, mate. So tell me all about it. You've got a lot going on, obviously with Plantworthy. Um, and today's conversation is primarily based around the mechanics of your business and, you know, where the idea came from and what you're currently doing and where you're going, you know, will sort of be the standard of the conversation today. Um, but I'd love to sort of dig into, you know, the lessons that you've learned along the way, because I think there's definitely a powerful story in the startup, you know, in the startup phases for everybody out there that's going through it as well. Um, so mate, where would you like to start? Where did the idea come from? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, if you looked at just the idea, 2017 in January, I met my now wife. Yep. And honestly, I grew up playing a ton of sports. Um, I actually, I was thinking about this this morning and I worked at McDonald's. I had one of those jobs for yep. about four years and, you know, they gave you 50% off. The amount of McDonald's I ate and chicken nuggets and honestly <laughs> sort of thought that was healthy, high protein, right? Yeah. And you're active and young, but so pretty much never really thought about plant-based diet, eating healthy. Um, until I met my wife and she was plant-based and celiac and, um, yeah, she's busy professional. So I decided I wasn't going to make two meals every night. I'd take on the cooking. And that was sort of the journey of just, uh, starting to learn these different alternatives that you could do. Um, so yeah, 2017, uh, played around a bit. And in 2018, I started plant worthy food as a, pretty much like a recipe video website, like a video blog. All right. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I saw at the time, uh, or a little bit before then, uh, those tasty recipe videos, you know, those are the ones, really yeah, trendy. they're really well put together. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. 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 I thought they were the yeah, coolest thing I could lay in bed yeah. and like watch them for hours. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I set up a little production studio in my basement cause I wanted to document like these new plant-based recipes. Yeah. Um, so I did about a hundred of those, put it on plantworthyfood.com, uh, different social media and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I just uh, really got a good uh, handle on the different alternatives you can make. Mm -hmm. And the one being, um, if you know, like plant-based stuff, like you grind up cashews in a high-speed blender and you can make these really creamy sauces mm. and they're, they're just delicious. But like the feedback I got over and over was that if you don't have a high-speed blender, you don't have the time, yeah. it just, you can't do it right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, I just start to, started thinking about, well, like, you know, is there a way that I can make these accessible to everyone mm -hmm. and sort of just like bring it think about it um for a second and um i'm a certified engineer in ontario so um i've sort of got that like background of you know trying to break things down and like how could i do this process the inner workings yeah yeah i saw that and i thought okay you're gonna have a really cool mind because i've got some buddies that are mechanical engineers and boiler makers and so on yeah and the way that their mind works is incredible like they can look at something and dissect it and pull apart in their mind and put it back together and I'm, my mind doesn't work that way so i was wondering if yours <laughs> did yeah that's cool yeah yeah just like you know what everything like is really just a sum of like all the parts right so you mm -hmm. if you just sort of break it down to each step or whatever it may be um yeah i just thought could i make this like um so other people could have it um and at the same time i remember reading an article and it was something about um you know that orange powder that everyone grew up with you know the macaroni mac and cheese yeah yep yeah yeah and um and there's all these articles of like is, is there even cheese in it anymore mm. And I mm -hmm. thought like, that's, that's really interesting. So, um, yeah, I found a way to, um, you know, get whole, uh, organic cashews into really fine powder and then essentially make like that orange cheese powder, um, but make it a plant-based version uh, made out of cashews. Right. So is it dehydrated? Um, no, it's not. Um, it's just a, it's all, um, raw ingredients, but you mm -hmm. know, the cashews are pasteurized and everything. Yep. So it's safe yep. to eat by itself. Um, but um, yeah, it's just, um, it's a shelf stable powder. So it's stored mm. in your pantry. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, yeah, the, so that was around like 2019, I thought about it. And then, um, yeah, where it really got started was, uh, I told you a little bit about, um, so my wife, I've got yep. a daughter who's number two now. Yeah. Uh, and my, my daughter was due in July of 2020 mm -hmm. and, uh, COVID hit. Yeah. I hadn't really done anything yet. And Hayden, I just had this feeling that a hurricane was coming with my first kid and I was yep. going to be busy. And if I didn't do something before she came, it would just be, you know, at least a year because <laughs> like yeah. you've got kids. It's just yeah, mate, that's exactly how it is. Uh, it's like your time just slips through your fingers, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, they're just like, uh, they're amazing, yep. but they're so consuming energy yep. and everything. Yep. So, yep. Um, so I said, you know what, let's do this. So like mm -hmm. in, in March, I got everything together and um, I started, uh, I decided I'd do the Kickstarter route. Yeah. Like, I really wanted to get that validation of like, uh, are people willing to eat like this, you know, plant-based cheese powder? Like everyone knows the big brand name ones, but yeah. would they try this out? And 
yeah, sure enough, we were funded and then um, got everything together and dropped off our first samples on uh, January 2021 mm-hmm. um, to in- independent grocers in London. So, yeah, from there, we've only been around for, you know, call it a bit over a year. Yeah. Um, so we're very different than some of the other brands that are much more established that you speak to, but yeah. um, we seem to be doing pretty well. Yeah, mate. But, you know, there's some value in this conversation because, you know, obviously, you know, the customer validation and the early feedback to see whether, you know, there was some legs to the idea is really important. So the crowdfunding campaign, what platform did you use? Uh, so we did it on Kickstarter. You did it on Kickstarter. Okay, cool. How did yep. you find that experience? Uh, you know what? It was interesting. I like, I always had in my mind, I wanted to do a Kickstarter, just, you know, that like from doing our engineering studies and everything. And yeah. Um, I didn't really know too much about it, except sort of the premise of like how it works and how you can get funded. Yeah. Um, I did find that you see some of these Kickstarters and they are so super successful. There's a ton of marketing behind that and spend prior to. Huge. Which, yep. 20, yeah, 30 so grand. Really, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah crazy. So like um, I had played around with, you know, the like Final Cut Pro and doing those like production videos and stuff. And um, I just decided I was going to do it all on my own because I wanted to, you know, get every dollar that I could get funded. I want to use that into the, uh, the production. production. Like our yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, so it was pretty tough. There wasn't a ton of organic traffic to the page. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were able to get funded and, um, I told myself once we were getting backers and everything, I said, you know, I'm doing this anyways, whether yeah. we're funded or not, yeah. uh, but we were able to get funded. So it, overall it was a good experience. That's awesome. So the primary function of the crowd um, funding campaign was to get that first PO placed with your partner, with your manufacturer. Is that correct? Um, well, actually, just at that time, it was uh, pretty much an idea um, right. of like I had made the cheese powder in like a food processor. Yeah, yeah. And like grinding up cashews. But yep. um, if you've ever ground up cashews, you'll find uh, it turns the butter really quickly. No, oil, I haven't. No. Out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that was, um, that was interesting because to scale that up, um, mm. without like having a ton of waste, uh, was definitely like, a um, after we got funded, that was one of the big issues that I had to solve, um, and the design and the packaging and all the yeah. rest of it. But, yeah. um, yeah, uh, we got funded in mid August of 2020 and I was able to get that Kickstarter product out December and then product on shelves, independent grocers, January. So, uh, able to figure it out pretty quickly, but there's a, hur- yeah, yeah. a couple hurdles that I didn't uh, really see coming, yeah. but uh, yeah, you All just right. figure it out as you go. So what were the hurdles? Let's start from the first one. Yeah. So the biggest thing, um, so cashews, yeah. um, like to, you can look around and um, find cashews as a whole. Um, yeah. They're readily available yeah. um, in like our organic non-GMO, like the, the product we were looking for. But if you do a quick like Amazon search for cashew flour, uh, there's not a lot on the market because mm. it's it's so high in oils that um, once you go to grind it, it turns to like a cashew butter like really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like in um, the whole thought around our product was like I want to get it to a fine powder, keeping the oils in it. So when people go to cook it, that's where cheese is so creamy because mm-hmm. all those oil like it's got those healthy fats built into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that like uh, was definitely um, the biggest problem to solve with production. Um, we already had a commercial kitchen, like a co-op kitchen yep. here in London lined up. So um, with that, um, I actually moved my brother into the business. I saw that on LinkedIn. I was going to ask at some stage, you know, yeah, at what yeah. point did you bring him in? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay, James, I've got this crazy idea. You know, we're going to try and do this. I did this Kickstarter, um, but I don't really want to do this alone. I, I I've tried businesses in the past and it's more fun to have a partner. And I like, I know it's going to be long 12 hour Saturday. I do you want to help me with production and you know, we'll do this together. And he was great. He said, yeah, let's go. And uh, yeah, we spent, we spent a lot of time doing production together out of uh, that first commercial kitchen. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, mate, the days can be long. And so just to sort of, while you mentioned it, you said you've started a few other businesses. What were they based around? Yeah. So um, the, First one I started was with another partner. Um, I actually lived in Barrie um, for a bit while I've I was been to Barrie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, yeah. I moved there. It was my first job out of school, so it was an engineering job. Yeah. Um, and you know, I said I wanted to live in you know London. I tried Toronto, maybe Montreal. And I got the job off. I'm like, oh yeah, you can go to Barrie. Like, huh, <laughs> never been to Barrie. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I moved up to Barrie and. Uh, 
yeah, I was up there for a couple of years and I ended up living with uh, a friend there that I met online through like a Kijiji or something. Yeah. And he was just a whiz of a web developer. Oh, cool. And yeah, and like uh, with um, my mechanical engineering and doing mechatronics, like I, I was aware of doing coding and like programming robots and stuff, but not really like the um, user interface that like a customer would see. Like yeah. where he, he was on the other side of it doing the web pages. And um, I just eventually was like, man, I can't believe you can do all these skills. Like, let's do a business. Like, let's start something. Um, so we started a business and I joined a business group pitching um, all the services we could do. And um, yeah, we did that for a couple of years. And that sort of got me in tune to um, like that entrepreneurial like mindset. I've always had it. And I've always mm. thought, oh, you know, I want to do something. But that just really opened my eyes to like, you can really do whatever you want to do, but you got to do it. Yeah. You, know, like, you got to go you all in. Yeah, yeah. You got to take that first step. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was the first one um, I did. And then, um, yeah, I've tried a few um, different little side hustles. I'd say more so on the yeah. side, Yeah, uh, but not as much as uh, I've done with plant worthy. Um, just sort of going all in now. Yeah. Cool. So that's good to hear because, you know, those couple of little um, trial businesses that you got up and, you know, that were ideas that you're mulling over. Obviously there were some lessons learned there that you could, you know, carry through to plant worthy as well, you know, so that you could speed up the process. And, um, you know, I've found that in the past as well. I, I had a business that I got up and running back in Australia. It was a, um, cosmetic company. We were using, uh, coffee grounds as an exfoliate ingredient. Oh, and, uh, cool. ultimately that business didn't um, pull through either, but honestly, the amount of things that I learned through the process of getting that business up and off the ground and then shutting it down was greater than everything that I learned at university. You know, there's something to be said about that. For sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like, I think like I see all these other um, entrepreneurs who are like very successful. Like now it's a CPG space that I network with mostly. And yeah, they're just people who know how to get things done. Yeah. You know, like, and they just, um, we all get into those like situations where I just, feel sick like something happens whether it's supply management these yep. days or whatever yeah but it's just that mindset of like okay like uh what am i gonna do next and mm-hmm. it's like one of my favorite sayings it's uh i think it came we're all having drinks at a party a few years ago and uh it came up and like ain't nothing to it but to do it and yeah it just makes it rolls it off the tongue laugh. yeah yeah it makes me laugh it's such like a like sort of in some ways an immature saying but it's yeah. like you know what like uh yeah i'm just gonna do it yeah. you're like how'd you do that or that I'm like i don't know i just started figure it and out then, yeah you just get somehow you figure it out so yeah 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 awesome so you know you most likely had your list of assumptions as to sort of what the business would turn into i'm sure that you put pen to paper and wrote out a bit of a business plan just so that you could you know put some meat on the bones of this idea and you know flesh it out with your brother as well has it changed much you know from the initial sort of like hit the rubber hit the road to where it is now like if you're thinking about the like your initial business model and go to market strategy versus your current business model and where you're at what have been the significant shifts that you've made yeah um well i guess like first in terms of selling and like the distribution mm. uh, so i read a lot of places when you see other uh, people pretty successful off the get-go with farmers markets or yeah. like small Very. independent grocers yeah. yeah so but you know what like if i like um, get myself, um, go into these small independent grocers here in London, you know, give them a sample, see what they think. Maybe, you know, we'll get into a couple of stores. Mm. Um, so we always knew we'd try and get into the market that way. Um, so we did that and that was um, successful to later down the road, get in with the distri- distributor showing that, you know, we've, we've been listed at places. Yeah. Uh, but the funniest one that um, I, I always kick myself for, and I apparently um, other CPG companies have done this. Um, it's not unique, but I thought I would give the customer the most value, which for that was a big pack size. And that started with my Kickstarter yeah. of uh, yeah, like a half kilogram of our powdered cheese. And what I did not realize at the time is like as much value as that is, that's great. Um, even if you get the pricing model correct with you know the distributor and mm-hmm. retailer and every, everyone, everyone. Yeah. Um, it's so hard for someone to trial a product when it's that expensive, regardless of value. Yeah. 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 So we've, we've come down significantly in our pack sizes. Um, so we can drive that trial of people just mm-hmm. you know picking up their initial uh, product yep. and trying it. Um, so that was the biggest change, like from where we were, you know, a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wish I could have told myself that, you know, like value, like there's definitely something to be said for value, but uh, we did a bit of the opposite way we tried to go with the big value first when yeah. um the smaller pack sizes 
uh, people appreciate it. They can try different flavors at once. Um, yeah. It's better on the shelf and everything. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's more of a single serve as well. So, you know, if you do look at that craft Mac and cheese sort of size, so you're sort of similar serving size at the moment to where they're at now. Um, so we are, we've actually got five SKUs. So we have yep. our one box that has yep. our variety pack and it yep. has our uh, four different flavors. We've got our original smoky cheddar chipotle yep. and pesto. Yep. And then we have um, our new um, bulk packs that are 150 grams and it's five servings right, uh, right, right. per pack. Yep. Yeah. So, oh, good. yeah. So yeah, definitely fits uh, better uh, on shelf with everyone else. Yeah. Oh, fantastic, mate. So let's go back to sort of the production side of things, because I can imagine, you know, you were suggesting before that there were some, you know, um, some things that you had to work through in terms of getting the product to a point where you could actually put it in a pouch and then get it out into the world so that it was shelf stable and so on. So, you know, where did you end up landing? So, you know, I, you were working in a commissary kitchen to begin with doing it all of yourself. And you sort of soon figured out from what I understand that, you know, to scale the business, you had to invest some significant sort of dollars into the equipment side of things just to scale it up as well. So I know that you're working with a co-manufacturer now, but how long did it sort of take for you to arrive at that place? Yeah. So uh, we did our first, um, I was doing the numbers the other day. We, we did our own production for 15 months, right. uh, starting in like uh, November, December for those initial Kickstarter orders of yep. 2020. And then just uh, earlier this month, our co-manufacturer started producing our first orders to ship oh, out. Congratulations. Yeah, that's oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, a huge accomplishment because um, yeah, that was about five months in the making and um, I told you any day now, my second kid is due. Yes. So, yes. yeah. Um, so personally, um, that was the goal. That was like the draw dead. Yeah. That's the deadline, you know, like, um, Mate. I can't be running production when, uh, I've got a brand newborn. What a huge motivating day. driver. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So for that, um, about six months we did in like a small co-op commissary kitchen yep. and we were able to do our initial orders. Um, but then as we started to scale up. Um, you know, I created like a jig and sort that we could, you know, do a little bit more at once. Uh, yep. But at the end of the day, we were like hand filling little sachets that mm. were going in a variety packs with four sachets per box. Yeah. And it just like, it wasn't scalable at all. Yeah. So we knew, yeah, we had to purchase some equipment. Um, so we purchased some equipment from overseas and we found uh, a commercial kitchen in London who was able to rent a space uh, where we could also store that equipment. Yep. Yeah, so uh, we we did that for another, uh, I guess that'd be about nine months or so. Um, but then uh, we we recently got some uh, larger accounts online. We'll be starting uh, Whole Foods next month uh, in BC and Ontario. Oh, congratulations! Uh, That's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're we're definitely excited for it. Um, yeah, goodness me, in the next couple of weeks, that's sort of big around Toronto and Sobe's local program in Ontario mm -hmm. uh, next couple of months. So, um, knowing those are all coming down the pipeline. Um, I just, I knew we wouldn't be able to do that amount of production um, that we were doing in the current space. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's really like two, what I found is there's two like uh, ways to go with your production, like open your own facility, buy yep. the equipment, um, or you go the co-manufacturing route. And I just thought long and hard about it. And um, I don't want to run a production company. Mm. I just, yeah, like I, I find it interesting, the equipment and, you know, with my mechanical background, um, but that's just not what I wanted to do with it. Mm -hmm. Like I, I really like running the business, um, being innovative and doing the R and D. And yep. when you're, when you're covered in powders multiple days a week and just physically drained, <laughs> um, like we had a 55 gallon Uline barrel, like a food safe barrel that yeah. I put like, I don't know, a hundred pounds of product in and I would manually like twist it. And yeah. I don't even know why I had a workout program at that time because that was it. Like it was <laughs> you didn't just, need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So it was it was a lot. So um, yeah, we just decided that we'd go that route, and um, yeah, we we found a good partner. Like uh, we were referred by another uh, CPG founder that I knew, and uh, yeah, they've been great to work with. And now we're able to just you know we've got our hand on the throttle, and yeah, we can go as high as we want with that. So. Um, it's nice to have that piece of the business figured out and I can focus on, you know, growing the business instead yep. of working the production. Yep. Oh, fantastic. Mate, it's a, uh, it's a huge step. I've spoken to quite a few founders on this podcast um, who have done exactly what you're doing. You know, they started off in a commissary kitchen. 
they soon realized that they didn't want to be spending their time in the kitchen and, you know, their skill set and what they were sort of motivated to do in their life was sort of sales marketing and so on. And yeah, finding that partnership is so critical. When you were out there, were you sort of in a position where you could field a few co-manufacturers or were there only a, a couple to select from, you know, locally where you're located? Yeah, that's, that's a, a good question because um, funny enough, I, I just finished up uh, last month uh, Accelerator at West. It's called uh, Venture Park Labs. Yeah, I've never Dickinson. heard of it. Yeah, I know the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. So, um, yeah, the other there's 10 of us, um, including mm-hmm. myself. So the other nine CPG founders, the connections I made were great. And it was a problem that kept coming up. People looking for coal manufacturers yeah. in Canada. Yeah. It's not that easy. Like they're Because you need that size mesh um, because otherwise – why are they talking to you? Yep. Like, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and then like, they have to be in your same category space. And it, it was really tough to find someone. Um, yeah. Our, our, uh, the people that we found, like it just, everything aligned with, they had spare equipment that they mm-hmm. used to use um, that would now work for ours. And we were able to provide us with some of our equipment and cool. um, they're just a great team there. So, um, but that said, like, I thought, I hope it was quick and, you know, five months down the road, we barely beat my deadline. So um, it takes time and it takes a lot of, you know, looking in, asking the right questions. And um, for me, that's another piece of the business that, you know, like um, I'm in it to build good relationships and good partnerships Mm. because that's where I've been successful in life. Um, For sure. The dollar matters at the end of the day. Like I get that, but um, if you've ever, you know, had shipments stuck on like crates coming up from overseas. Or oh, many times. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my life right worth now. It. Yeah. 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 That stress <laughs> isn't worth it for me. And that brings me back to like everything that we purchase. And like, I try to bring it as close to like in Ontario as possible, yeah. because um, if you can build it into your pricing model and everything, like mm-hmm. it'll save you a ton of stress. And um, yeah, it's, that's the way I've decided to do it. Cause we did start with packaging from overseas and yep. it was uh stressful to say the least mate yeah yeah, absolutely lead times have definitely drawn out here at food pack uh we're a distributor so we work with a host of manufacturers and depending on the project and what the requirements of the the project is we'll fit the right um, product to the solution um, based on what the specialty of the manufacturer is and um yeah predominantly we're looking if we ship things out via ocean we're looking at sort of 12 to 14 weeks at the moment uh, via air, Crazy. we can get things, you know, six to eight weeks. So about half that amount of time, but yeah, obviously there's a cost involved to fly things out too. So you sort of got to balance it, but the way we're sort of working around it with our clients right now is if they're placing a large order, we'll get the vast majority out of it on the ocean, but before it ships, we'll fly a couple of cases out just so they can get operational and cover themselves for that six week gap. So yeah, it oh, seems nice. to be working. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, mate, absolutely. Like, you know, there are some people that knock on our door and they're like, yeah, we need something in three weeks time. And I'm like, mate, you're joking. You haven't even got artwork. Like, you know, let's, let's start oh, from yeah. scratch, you know, and then oh, there are yeah. other people and they absolutely know because they've, you know, it's not their first radio. They've done it a few times and they understand that yes, lead times are, you know, out. And as well as that, like the artwork, you know, um, process of going through artwork and signing off on all of the proofs and so on is also, you know, it takes time too. So yeah, there is a process involved. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 No, and there's, there's something to be said about um, like, so whether I was working with like a food pack or like yeah. someone else who is in Ontario, who I have a phone number, like an account yeah. manager or something yeah. and say, yeah. pick up the phone. Hey, like we've got the situation where we might need, you know, 20,000 pieces like yeah. in two months, like yeah. where should we look at time? Like yeah. when you have that relationship and yeah. you can talk to someone, it's yeah. a lot easier than um, some of the stuff overseas. It's tough to work with. So yeah. No, yeah. people appreciate that for sure. Oh, mate, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we're very upfront and honest right from the very first conversation as to sort of what timelines are looking like. And, you yep. know, we try and work with everybody as well and set that expectation early. I think it's really important. And, you know, for that sure. would go the same way, you know, those kind of connections that like you were suggesting, you know, whether it's with retailers or distributors as well, like everybody has a really good understanding of lead times right now and and sort of the state of logistics, even getting things across the country right now, especially throughout that trucker strike was really challenging. Yep. And here in BC, we also had the floods too. So they yep. all provided a lot of challenges that we were working with. But the, the good thing was, is that we're all in the same boat and everybody was sort of, you know, working through these challenges together. So everybody that we were dealing with was extremely understanding and, you know, we all did the best we could. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Cool. So mate, um, Venture Park Labs, like you just suggested before, it was an incubator program that you were a part of. Um, I had Sarah from More Granola on the show um, oh, yeah. quite some time ago. I don't know if you know Sarah. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah's great. And I obviously Janine Rain from Zing introduced the two of us too. She was on the show 
And uh, yeah, both great little startup businesses, um, both making some really strong headway in the progression of their business too. Um, you know, when you're looking towards your network of businesses, whether it was, you know, through the cohort that you were a part of with Venture Park Labs or, you know, any sort of network that we're all a part of on LinkedIn, which seems to be pretty broad right now in our, um, in our industry, who are you sort of working, you know, with or alongside to sort of, you know, help move you in the right direction and keep you motivated from day to day? Yeah. Um, so through the accelerator with Venture Park, uh, there's, again, like myself included 10 companies. So yeah. um, there's a couple of them that I still speak with weekly and yep. uh, it'll be little things like, Hey, like um, what are your freight rates looking like these days? Like, mm. have you noticed this or, um, you know, sourcing materials or ingredients um, or sourcing uh, point of sale stuff? Like yep. it's those relationships that um, I keep up. And funny enough, I haven't even met these people face to face because it's been yeah. COVID. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even some of it, it's like across the country too. Yeah. So, um, it's those kind of like networks and relationships that um, have been invaluable. Mm. Like it's just, um, they can call me and text me whenever I want. And I, I generally like to chat with people. So if I've ever been through a situation where, you know, I can say, hey, like this is how it went or um, hey, I don't like sourcing things from overseas, but I can tell you exactly how to do it because I yeah, wrote a little job it on it, right? Yep. Like, yeah, so like, I, I love sharing information with people because it um it saves them so much time and mm. effort when I wish when I started, I already had the network because yep. some of the things I had to figure out um, probably would have saved some money for sure. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but then, you know, like a lot of stress and everything too. So um, yeah, um, just any of these uh, CPG founders doing something similar uh, to me, not necessarily in the same category, like they can be or can't be, but a lot of the problems or issues that arise are the same. So yeah. if you build out a network around yourself, uh, it's so much easier to work through um, just the day-to-day -day activities. Yeah, you're totally right. It's interesting that you said that you haven't met these people in person. I think, you know, that's just testament yeah. to the day and age that we're living in and having such great access to people. And, um, you know, I think back to my parents, I grew up in the family business and it was a, uh, you could call it a fast food outlet in a food court in a shopping okay. mall. And, yep. uh, you know, they had their little network of other businesses within the food court you know, that they would leverage oh, yeah. and, you know, everybody knew everybody. And it was a really sort of, it was a good atmosphere, but very rarely, if at all, did they ever sort of like venture out, you know, of the world. But here yeah. we are with access to, you know, people from coast to coast, you know, down in the States, you just look on LinkedIn and, you know, I look at my network on LinkedIn and who pops up on my feed and it's just incredible, like the reach that you can get. And yeah, you're yeah. right. There are a lot of common themes, you know, that pop up on the threads as well. And and I did see that you reached out, you know, regarding the POP displays and as well. So yeah, there are, it's, it's a great way to sort of field questions and, you know, get a lot of valuable input. And then um, you just never know who's going to come across your desk either. Like, you know, who's, who's the next person that you're going to be introduced to. That's what I really enjoy. Yeah, for sure. And there's also, there's uh, social media these days. It's funny because that Expo, Expo West uh, just happened a couple of weeks ago. It looked awesome, ago. didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So much FOMO going on there. I know. I, see, I felt you know, it like too. A lot of, oh, yeah. Like a ton of, <laughs> ton of people yeah. in the States for sure. But then yeah. um, there's also like some of my peers who went down even just to walk it. Oh, cool. Yeah. And yeah. And uh, yeah, I just see everything they're doing. And yeah. um, I've never been to a trade show because we started this in COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I honestly, I've been pretty uh, safe about it with my young daughter and then yep. my wife, um, yep. uh, another kid on the way very soon. So yeah, um, yeah hopefully soon. Like uh, I can't wait to like meet these people face to face. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, especially some of them, I talk to them every week and yeah, it's a funny thing, but it's also been a bit of a, like a beautiful thing that I can network and create these relationships. Yeah. Um, one of, one uh, person I speak to from our cohort at Venture Park in Calgary. Like yep. I would probably never be able to network or talk to him. Who is that? If it, um, so his name is Logan. Uh, okay. Simply cocktails. Uh, they're awesome. Um, like non-alcoholic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mixes, but um, yeah, he's got a bartending background. And, That's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's the coolest flavors. And yeah. um, even myself, like I'm not a drinker, but um, you can make like non-alcoholic drinks with them. And yeah. they're just, yeah uh, so much better than uh some of the like mainstream stuff that you would get yeah yeah um, but yeah just like speaking with him about yep. certain things um just um similar things that um i swear every you know this stage entrepreneur is going through so mm -hmm. to bounce ideas off someone else it's uh, it's great yeah no mate absolutely mate 
let's dig into your brand. So like, you know, brand is essentially everything because you have a good understanding of, you know, who you're targeting, you know, who your target audience is and who you want to attract and so on. And, you know, considering the fact that this is quite an established market, like the mac and cheese market is established out there, you know, there's a couple of big players, whether it's Annie's or, you know, Kraft. And, um, and I would imagine that you would have had a pretty good idea as to sort of who your target audience is, given the fact that they're two established brands and you're basically targeting the same people, but with a plant-based sort of twist. So mm-hmm. when you were developing the brand, what were you sort of focused on? And did you have a couple of ideas kicking around and, and did you work with a graphic designer to sort of build it up? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I created the actual like plant-worthy food brand, um, just as I was starting to learn plant-based cooking, um, and you can make really delicious, but also healthy food at home. Like if you have the time and energy, and if you want to make a creamy sauce, you've got the high-speed blender. Um, but when you buy stuff on the market, um, just because it's plant-based or vegan or whatever is branded, uh, doesn't actually mean it's healthy food. Yeah. Um, it can be, yeah, it can be lacking a lot of nutrients. So um, with plant-worthy food, I wanted to make food that, you know, is worthy of plants. It was like, you know, it's, it's healthy for you, but it's also delicious. Um, so that was really just like uh, how I started it. Um, but then once we did the Kickstarter and we got funded, I had a long thought about, okay, like, what do I do for graphic design here? Like, do I, do I invest in it when we essentially have no funds off the get-go? Um, or, you know, do we do some like graphic designers online that, you know, I'm not sure about. So yeah, yeah, I wasn't going to say the name, but you did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know what? There's a time and a place for a fiver, I think, you know, especially if you've got like a really well fleshed out idea and you're like, okay, I just need somebody to convert this into a file that I can use or something like that. Um, I've used Fiverr to edit a couple of episodes that I've had here and, you know, fix up some audio problems that I didn't have the capability to do. So I've found it really handy in that respect, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. For me, just like uh, with, uh, I didn't want it to be like piecemeal work. I wanted to like start like getting the like brand designer side of my team, even if it's contracted out at the moment, like to get them in place and build a relationship. So I'm actually, um, these two girls, uh, they're about my age. They did graphic design work for uh, my wife's practice. And um, yeah, I was introduced to them and uh, they did great work and they had um, not a ton of CPG design work behind them, but they had Mm. done some at a previous firm. Um, and they were just opening up their own uh, little outfit. And yeah, I said, Hey, you do, do you guys want to try and do this with me? Like, I've got this idea, what we're going for. Um, and yeah, they, they, I think they did an awesome job on our packaging. They have. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely it's a bit on B3 now. Um, but yeah, just, um, yeah, they're, they're awesome girls. Uh, Kelsey and Melanie, the studio Mondu, they're right out of uh, London here, a little bit outside of London. And, um, yeah, they're just, um, again, that local connection where I can call them, text them, Hey, yeah. like, can we change this, do that? Um, so we brought them in and that's, uh, how we got to our packaging today. Yeah. Fantastic. I'll, um, I'll look them up online and I'll throw their link down in the show notes for anybody interested to check out their portfolio of work as well. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. Cool, mate. So the brand itself, you know, did you have a good understanding of the, you know, the emotional experience that you wanted to portray through it, like the colors and so on, or did they sort of give you, you know, a few different varieties to choose from? And there was one in particular that you went, yeah, that's it. Or did you sort of know exactly what it was and they sort of just nailed it? Uh, they gave me a couple of different uh, versions of it to yeah. take a look when yeah. we like work through it. Um, yeah. like for plant-worthy food, we want it to be fun. Mm. Uh, we want people to have like fun with food and um, some of the, uh, like vegan or plant-based options out there. Um, I hear like people saying, Oh, this is my, you know, like X brand hack. I throw in like this vegan butter and I do this. It's like, no, like the way we're going to make this is like, we're putting cashews first. It's by far, um, it's primarily made out of cashews. So it is really creamy. Mm. Um, even though it's healthy, it's just that healthy fat because there's so much cashew in it. Um, so they did, they said, Hey, like, what do you think about like the drip is our thing? Like we've got mm. the drip coming off of like, um, each uh, piece on the packaging like, yeah. yeah that's great um, and then they like um, I could never put colors together like they did uh, <laughs> but they just had this like you know the color palette of the four skews and I was like oh those are awesome yeah it clicks um, yeah 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 so um, yeah it was really like us working together and just um, yeah um, they were they had a great process of like you know doing a discovery um, uh, like document and process of going like okay like what's your brand here? What, what are you looking for? What are you trying to portray? What's your like target audience? And I sort of explained to them where like, you know, we're not going like, this isn't like a vegan cheese. You know, it's a plant-based cheese. That's how we'll brand it. Um, it's like a healthier option for you. 
uh, but it's still like deliciously creamy. Um, and it's for people who like, they want to try different plant-based options, you know, yeah. like yeah. there's a big thing going on now. Like you don't have to go eat plant-based like hundred percent of the time, but maybe try like, um, you know, an, a vegan cheese or plant-based cheese, yeah. um, a couple of times a week or something. And, yeah. um, yeah. So like with that in mind, um, I think they created like really fun packaging that shows the brand of like, um, you know, how versatile their product is and, um, have fun with it. Um, mm-hmm. and we've seen that on socials where, you know, people um, I'd say about 60% of people use it as like a mac and cheese, Yeah. you know, just throw it directly out into noodles. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, people use it as nachos, but uh, people get creative. They just like, I uh, do it. Like they toss popcorn in it. So yeah. it's uh, like a flavoring, Yeah. Um, use it as a batter. Um, yeah. yeah. We, we designed it to like really have fun with it. That's cool. Yeah. I've been lucky enough. Like I said before, I um, interviewed uh, Margaret from Nuts for Cheese. I've tasted her product. I also had Melissa Mills from Spreadham Kitchen on here as well. And I don't know if you've yep. ever tried her product, but it is outstanding. And I used her cream cheeses to um, produce a really nice creamy sauce to go in a lasagna. And it was oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I thought that Making was a good me hack. hungry. Oh, Mate. Yeah. yeah. It's almost lunchtime here as well. Well, I didn't really oh, have yeah. a breakfast. So yeah, I'm already hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, we've also got Blue Heron Creamery out here as well. And I suggested yep. um, on the other podcast, Bush Food, they just uh, acquired Pulse Kitchen and also Salt Spring Harvest. There's a lot of movement and growth in this sector, which is really exciting, especially for somebody like you who is building your business, knowing that there is a lot of velocity, there's a lot of movement, there's obviously, you know, consumers driven towards these products as well. So I think there's nothing but a a positive sort of future for your business if you keep on driving that direction too. Yeah, yeah, no, we're trying. Like it's definitely, yeah, yeah, there hasn't been a ton of movement in like the dry foods plant-based sector um, Mm -hmm. that like we're in, like being a dry powder and shelf stable. Yep. Um, so there's definitely, um, I didn't realize when I started the business is like, if you sell a chocolate bar, like someone picks up a chocolate bar, you don't have to teach them how to eat it, no. right? Like they eat it and they like, they enjoy it or they don't. But with our product being um, a bit of a different product, you know, yep. you mix in your plant-based milk or liquid. Mm-hmm. And then depending how much liquid you mix in, you know, creamy, saucy, melty, it can be mac and cheese, nachos, or on a burger. Yeah. So there's, if you're creative and you're curious, there's mm. a million different possibilities, yeah. but it takes a consumer to pick it up and be like, okay, let's try this out. Yes. Let's have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, we're definitely um, through that. Uh, we've got some brand ambassadors who um, have organically reached out to us and wanted to, oh, cool. you know, try out our product and do different posts and stuff. And yeah. uh, we've been very thankful for that because they're really showing our consumer base on how to use the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think we're, we're doing pretty well that uh, people seem to be enjoying it and having fun with it and seeing some of the creations that people make. Uh, yeah. It's cool, right? Like, yeah. uh, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Mate, it kind of reminds me, we were talking about Janine from Zing before, Janine and Anuj. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they've got their test kitchen, you know, that yep. sort of the bottle of the test kitchen. And, you know, they've got chefs sort of helping them create and uh, give them feedback on that sort of um, feedback loop that they've got for their products. And then yep. uh, another thing, another business that this reminds me of is Hunter Brown's with their brown butter cubes. So there okay. is a huge education piece around her product because, yeah, once again, people aren't really familiar with brown butter or the fact that they can buy brown butter cubes. So she's working with chefs to help create dishes. And she's got an amazing uh, little website where she has, just like you do, some um, you know recipe ideas, beautiful photography. And, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool piece. But that whole education piece is pretty critical. So how are you sort of like going about educating the consumer are you doing it through blog posts or social media or what's your sort of strategy around that yeah so through social media uh, yep. we have content that we produce ourselves uh, yep. then also have some brand ambassadors who create different recipes yeah. and post them online yeah um, so that's definitely like a big piece of it mm. um, but then we've been going pretty hard at our sampling program mm. uh, we would provide uh, one one serving worth uh, as a sample that are being distributed through some of our partners cool and with that, we've got a QR code on it. It takes them to the sample page. It shows them how to use it in different recipes. Um, so with that, we're able to, you know, track it. Um, so we see like who's using them and how they're using it. Mm-hmm. Um, but really just like sort of hand-holding people to say like, okay, what's this weird powder in the sachet? Yep. Okay, it's like a plant of cheese at a cashew. Like what? Yep. You know, but like yep. showing them like, okay, well, if you want to make like a mac and cheese, you know, add this much plant-based stuff to it. Or yep. if you want it a bit thicker, add a bit less. And yeah. Um, yeah, just really trying to teach uh, consumers. Um, and at the end of the day, like I'm very grateful that we uh, we did hire those designers off the get-go because mm. um, we've got such bright, uh, fun packaging that mm-hmm. um, what I really need is consumers to pick it up and just take a look at it. Yeah. You know, turn it around and see on the back like the three ways to mix yeah. and um, some of the information we have on there. So 
uh, yeah, there's a few different ways that we're going about it. That's awesome, mate. Is this your primary gig? Uh, no, it's um, everyone asks me that all the time. I still do have an engineering job. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. So, um, in you get uh, different thoughts on that, you know, like, should you go all in and should you just do this or should you keep your other job? And uh, my brother and I spoke, spoke about it. And um, the way we structure the business now with the co-manufacturing and what we've been planning to do is yeah. uh, it's now given us the ability to um, take all the funds that we're able to make and reinvest it in the business. Yeah. Almost sort of like fake it as though we have capital behind us when mm-hmm. we don't. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and that's, uh, we're really just looking at the growth of the brand right now and yeah. getting people to trial the product yeah. and with us having our other full-time jobs, um, while we're crazy busy, you know, and then young kids and all the rest of it too. Yeah. Um, but I, um, I enjoy having it that way because, um, I, I really want to focus on growing the business and, yeah. um, having people try our products. And if I was taking out a salary from it, um, it would just be, a, you know, it's, is one of those things everyone always says i'm 100 all in and yeah. i am and i wanted 100 reinvested yeah. so yeah. yeah it's worked for us mate i think you'll know when the time is right you know and sure. you know life is about to get even more busy and the amount of time that you're going to get to spend on it is only going to get reduced further and you know the hours that you spend yeah. will probably be late at night you know 8 30 to 11 30 or something like that it'll be really interesting to see how you slice and dice it all but you are going to find a way through it you'll be fine Oh yeah. I'm like a 4.35 AM guy anyway. So, oh yeah. Like I just, I get up, I have my coffee. Um, This morning I was looking through notes and doing whatever, but then I get my little daughter, I work out and she climbs me as I work out. And like, it's just like, oh yeah, it's cool. You know, like you just make it work somehow. Um, But honestly, I'm asleep by 9 PM. I am so tired by the end of the day. I just wear myself out. Mate, yeah. well, good luck over the next couple of months then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I honestly, I don't even try and overthink it. Uh, cause, yeah, don't. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's, um, no, we're excited for it, though. Of course. We're very lucky. Like, um, and Mate. especially, like, you see all these posts on the uh, line and everything with uh, entrepreneurs and, like, how lonely it can be and everything. And it is. It's, like, uh, it can be um, very, uh, like, stressful and, like, it feels like the world's ending and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I've got, like, this great thing where I just, I'm, I'm so lucky to have my wife and my daughter and my other kid coming because at the end of the day, that's what matters, right? Like yep. I, yeah, it's, a, and I, when I keep that at the front of my mind, it's just like, ah, you know what, you'll figure this out. You'll, yep. you know, you'll make it work. And yep. um, what's important is here anyway. So yep. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, um, it can be hectic. That's for sure. But yeah. uh, I wouldn't change anything. Mate, I, uh, I agree. You know, at the end of the day, we seem to have everything that we need. And yeah, being grateful for what we've got is extremely important, you know, especially in the day to day, you know, when you're in the thick of it. Um, yeah. A couple more questions for you, mate. Yeah. If, yeah. You had, if you had the opportunity to go back and whisper in the ear back when you were first getting the business up and running or the idea was tossing around with all of the knowledge that you currently have now, what would you tell yourself? It definitely that pack size thing was yeah. um, the, like a big misstep on my part. Uh, just like, you know, really thinking that providing customer value off the gecko is the way to go. Um, when I didn't realize like grocery industry works on velocities, and, yeah, um, you know, just even getting people to like try the product. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely would have like, um, revised that mm-hmm. off the gecko. Um, but otherwise, I don't know. Like I, um, I remember when I was starting this, it was like, oh, like, okay, so how do like grocery margins work and how, how much does a distributor take? And how much does a retailer take? And yep. how do you price it out? And, you know, all that, like, um, I've heard other entrepreneurs say it and I'd say the same, like if I knew it all, what I know now, I might not have done it. Yeah. And it's completely true because mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot, but if you learn a couple of things every day, you'd be surprised what you learn. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, no, I'm happy. I just jumped in and tried it. Um, cause I've got other friends who, you know, always talk about trying like to do businesses or something and it's been great, but it's been 10 years. Yeah. Like, are you going to try it or not? You know? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, if you fail at something, it's honestly not that bad. Like, cause you learn from it. Yeah, like, you do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's like, there's, um, yeah. So no, I'm just very happy that I like, I tried it and trust me, we're far from perfect. But some of the people that even speaking, uh, last week to Margaret, like they've done such a good job and so well established. Like we are, we're nothing to them. Right. We're only about yeah. like 13, 14 months in. So, yeah. um, but, uh, I just try and keep figuring things out as I go and, um, we'll see, we'll find a way to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. No, she was in exactly the same seat as you at one point. Yeah. And I think everyone was who mm-hmm. has done anything. Right. So, um, yep. yeah, it's just, uh, it's like a big puzzle. Just trying to figure it out as you go. 
Absolutely. Mate, so if we were to now fast forward a year from now, and you could say to me that you'd had your best year ever, what would it be that you would have accomplished? Yeah, so right now, um, with us just starting to get into some of the larger accounts, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're really going to be hyper-focused on not really expanding our distribution too far, um, because you know it's a very cash-heavy business. If you yep. expand too quick, if you look at your cash flow and your, where you're gapped, um, it could be really stressful. So we're not trying to grow too quickly, but really do it correct where we have the opportunities to get in. So I'm really focusing on the stores that we're getting in. And mm-hmm. I want to see, you know, what kind of metrics that we're starting off at um, for the terms we're getting for product. Yep. Um, and then seeing that growth, steady growth throughout the next year. Um, and I just, I want to keep seeing uh, customer feedback come back. Uh, when I get that positive, you know, I get an Instagram pop-up because I run all over socials and I see someone tells me I'll, you know, like I've been trying to like vegan mac and cheese for years and finally my kid will eat it or it just makes me happy. I'm just like, yeah. okay, you know what? I'm doing something. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, to see people appreciate it is great. So yeah, just uh, really like focusing on where we've got these opportunities and yep. um, yeah, continuing to grow as we yeah, get those opportunities. Awesome, mate. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time today. You've got an amazing story there. And uh, yeah, honestly, I think that, you know, the value in you being so open and honest with your startup story for everybody out there is, uh, is you know, it's really valuable for people to hear. I've said it a few times on the podcast now, but I think that these are the valuable conversations that people really do enjoy listening to, especially when they're either in your seat or they've been in your seat or they're about to embark on something. So listen, mate, if somebody wanted to get in touch, what's the best way? Yeah, for sure. If they just send a message uh, through our uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, through our website, anything, um, it'll ultimately land on my desk and I will take a look at it. So um, yeah, just send a message and I'll definitely get back to you. Awesome. And thank you also for the uh, the offer on the promo code as well. Uh, for anybody out there that's listening, they want to head online and uh, just click on down in the show notes actually, and you'll find the website and just uh, type in heavy 20, which will give you 20% off all orders at the checkout. So yeah, mate, thank you very much. That's very generous. Yeah, you're welcome. Awesome. Well, thanks again for your time. I appreciate it. All right, thanks. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions from today's episode or would like to know more about what I can do to help you achieve your packaging vision, you can reach me directly at Hayden at thepackheavypodcast.com. You could DM me on Instagram at thepackheavypodcast or we could also connect on LinkedIn and start a conversation there. We'll see you next week.